Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. If you have your Bibles and you want to turn with me uh, to second floor stamping, trying, trying to find, make this thing pop, I couldn't do it, so um, anyways, we'll find it. Lost people matter to God. You know, that young child in Brazil that is growing up with, upon a garbage dump on the outside of the city, he survives by scrounging other people's garbage. That young child matters to God. The Ukrainian mom with three kids who's had to flee their home and is part of just a flood of refugees. She matters to God. They matter to God. That man in Sudan that is battling famine and the results of war, he matters to God. The artist in France that's surrounded by churches but has understood that religion is irrelevant, she matters to God. The Canadian housewife, the one who is to keep up so many balls up in the air. She trucks her son to hockey and her daughter to ballet, never asking what's it all about. What's the meaning? She matters to God. That Perth factory worker gets up, does shift work, comes back home, turns on Netflix. He matters to God. High school student trying to figure out what social set he belongs to. Doesn't quite understand that God really loves her and him. They matter to God. Lost people matter to God. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. He gave his Son. Lost people matter to God. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Lost people matter to God. But we live in a country where Religion's a private thing. Polite people don't really talk about God. And if we do, we can only speak of God in the most generic of terms. And everyone has the right to believe what they want to believe. And of course that's true. Everyone has the right to believe what they want to believe. God gave us that that right. But that doesn't mean that a person shouldn't be presented with the good news of the gospel of Jesus. Because lost people matter to God. But it's, it seems that over the last number of years in Canada that the church, we're not sure how much lost people matter to us. We have trouble sharing our faith, and I get that. You know, I get I, that we don't want to be impolite and polite society. I get that there are restrictions at work for some of you, many of you. 
Uh, I get that uh, while we have experienced Christ, our experience with Christ is personal, it's subjective. And um, yeah, like how do I ask other people to experience what I've experienced? I get that sometimes we, we want to say something and we don't really know what to say. I'm a pastor and supposedly trained in these things and sometimes I don't know what to say. I guess sometimes we feel like our, our lives have to be going better than they are. We need to be better Christians than we are before we feel like we can share our faith. I get that sharing our faith takes time and it is one of the commodities that many of us don't have. I get all that and that I look at the passion of Christ. He journeys towards the cross and I see him whipped and beaten. See a crown of thorns placed upon his head. I see him mocked and jeered and his hands and his feet nailed to the cross. He could have called 10,000 angels to, uh, to deliver him. And I hear the desperation in his voice, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I hear his heart, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I hear his passion, a passion for the lost, a passion for you, wherever you are in your spiritual journey. Passion for me. Passion for my friends and your friends, my neighbors and your neighbors, my family and your family. Lost people matter to God, and they need to matter to us. In fact, God has put us on this, this mission. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 says, So, from now on, we, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sin against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This passage is really dense. I don't have time to unpack it all. It's one of the key passages. If you want to know your identity in Christ, study this passage. It's, it's, it's really helpful. But the key concept in this passage is reconciliation. Be reconciled. According to the dictionary, to be reconciled means to reestablish a close relationship. Keep that in mind, and then let me walk you through a paraphrased version of this passage. It says, basically, the passage says, if you've given your life to Jesus, he's changed you on the inside. You're a new creation. God has made you new at the core of who you are. You're not what you used to be. You're a new creation. If God who, it is God who has done this, not you, 
God has reestablished a close relationship with us through Jesus Christ, and he's called us into service to invite others to have a close relationship with God as well. Here's your message. God has set up the conditions to establish a close relationship with himself. God wants everyone in the world to have this. What alienated us from God was sin. and He's made a way through Jesus for us to be given, forgiven of our sins. God has made a way through Christ that we might become his friend. For those of you who have become friends with God, he has entrusted this message, namely that people, your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers, they can choose to reestablish a relationship with God as well through what Jesus has done. God made his one and only son who was completely sinless. He made him to be the sin bearer. He took our sins on himself and, and he became sin so that we who know Jesus allow Jesus to move into us. We become completely righteous, completely free, free to be friends with God. That's what the passage is saying. God's given you a ministry. It's a, a ministry of reconciliation. He's given you a new title. It says, and you are Christ's ambassadors. So the question is, how do we get from where we are, living in the place we do, where talking about God is awkward and sometimes viewed as impolite to a place where we are actually God's ambassadors, where God can make his appeal through us to ask people to be reconciled to him, to become his friend again. How do we get there? Well, Look at Jesus. Jesus just lived his life. He took on opportunities as he, as he, as they presented himself to him. He, he did it the never did it the same way twice. You have Nicodemus coming to him in, in John chapter three, and Nicodemus was a religious leader, but he really didn't know God. And Jesus talks with him and, and presents him with a with an idea from Scripture and says, "Hey, you know." You must be born again, is what he told Nicodemus. Then he was uh, at talking with the woman at the well. That's not how he did it. He talked to her about her life and what was going on and what God had to say and the fact that she was invited and if, he, if she would only ask, he would give her a living water. The Jesus way, he didn't force it. He lived authentically. He took opportunities. And as the opportunities came up, he spoke grace and truth. And I remember you think, but I'm not Jesus. So how do I, I get from where I am to what God is calling me to be? 
here's what I'm asking you to do today. I'm asking you to take a baby step. A step towards being God's ambassador. A step towards understanding that not only do lost people matter to God, that you show by what you do that they matter to you. And here is the baby step. I want you to commit to consistently pray for three to five people who you know who don't know Jesus. I'm going to ask you to pray that they would come to know Jesus. See, if, if lost people matter to God, then the least we can do is pray for them. That's all I'm asking you to do today. I want you to start praying for three to five people who don't know Jesus. Maybe some of you are doing that. That's awesome. Praying for them is doable. Pray that God's Spirit would speak to them and prepare the way that they could know God. Pray that that God would draw them to himself. Pray that God would remove any obstacles in their way to receiving Jesus. Pray that God would speak to them in ways that they could understand. This is something that we can do. We can pray. Just a baby step. But it is a vitally important step. The question is, will you commit yourself to pray? I asked my former church to do this. What I did at the time was I handed out Bible bookmarks and, uh, um, and asked them to write three to five names on that. I was going to do that this morning, but why do you read your Bible on a phone? It's really hard to get a bookmark in there, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, but I want you to think about, memorize, list three to five people who you can pray with. Um, so church wrote down these names. There was a first-year university student at that service named Kim. And uh, Kim had just recently come to know the Lord herself, just before she came to university. And she started praying for and wrote um, her friend's name down, who she was living in dorms with, the name B. And she started praying that, well, the B would come to, to know the Lord. Kim prayed for B a number of times. It wasn't long until B started to come to church. It wasn't long that she gave her heart to Jesus. And B grew up in Christ and became a significant part of the church. God answered Kim's prayer. I wonder what would happen if all of us prayed. Now, not everyone who you pray for will come to know the Lord. People have free will. They must make a decision for Christ. But here's what I know. God does what he would not otherwise do because people pray. I also know that when we pray for someone to come to know Jesus, that we're praying God's heart. Because that was, that's what God wants, too. So the question is, will you pray? Um, I'm going to pray in a few moments, and I'm going to ask that God would bring at least three names to your mind he wants you to pray for. 
Some of you, these three names, they'll just be on your heart anyways, and so you'll remember them. For others of you who think, I'm going to forget that name. There are cards and pens in front of you and visitor cards. Just write it down there. Take the visitor card home and put, put, uh, make a note. Put it on your fridge, on your mirror. For some of you who take notes in your phones, pull out your phones. Make a note of these names. I believe that God is going to give to you. And we're going to pray. And here's, when God gives you a name, I want you to say, Lord, I'm willing to consistently pray for this person. This isn't the end of the sermon, by the way. Normally I close in prayer. We're going to pray. I'm not going to stop preaching yet. Okay, just, just don't get your hopes up. I'll just, okay? Okay? But so we're going to pray. I'm going to ask God to bring some names to your mind. So, so let's do that. Lord Jesus, we're in your presence. And Lord, you know our friends, our families, our neighbors, our co-workers, people we have contact with. Lord, I ask that you would bring three to five names of people that uh, you want us to consistently pray for to come to know Jesus. Lord, in these moments of silence, would you drop those names into our mind? Lord, thank you. Lord, I pray for those who um, didn't get names yet, but uh, I pray that you would bring those names to them in this next week, that it would be obvious to them who they should be praying for. I ask this in your name. Amen. So you may want to write those names down or tap them into your cell phone or whatever you need to do to remember. Let me tell, talk to you for a few minutes about how to pray for people on your list. The, the big prayer is that people would come to know Jesus and into a personal relationship with Jesus. For that to happen, God needs to be drawing them to himself. So uh, John chapter 6, verse 44 says that no one comes, comes to me unless the Father... Uh, who, uh, unless drawn by the Father who sent me. Jesus says, you know, Father needs to draw them. So Lord Jesus, I pray for my friend, and, and I ask them that you would draw them to yourself. I ask that you would speak their name, and, and that you would give them that, that urge to come towards you. I pray that. John 16, 8 says, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus was saying, when I leave, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Um, Lord Jesus, you know, my friend, would you talk to them concerning sin and righteousness and judgment? Would you teach them about who you are? Would you, would you show them what's, what's really true? Would you work against the one who wants to blind their eyes? And would you help them to see what's actually going on in their life? That's a great prayer to, prayer to pray. Pray that the Holy Spirit would be moving in their life. And remember, when you're, 
when you're praying for these things, you're, you're praying in the will of God. Second Peter chapter 3 was, was written, uh, read by Betty. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Yet he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Oh, it's God's heart that your friend, that your neighbor comes to know you, know Jesus. And so you're praying his heart. Um, they have free will. Uh, they have choice. But you're praying God's heart for them. And you're praying that, well, God would make the choice obvious. Now, I know that some of you feel that when you're praying for people, some of those people on your list, they're, they're a far way away from God. You're thinking, Lord, Lord, I, I don't know how you're going to do it. And sometimes we, we keep on coming day after day after day after day, and we get tired of praying, and we say, God, don't know how you're going to do it. But you're praying that they'll come to know Jesus. Well, this morning what I want to do is I, I want to teach you about step prayers. Step prayers are the kind of prayers we pray when the overall request just seems too big. It just seems, Lord, they're, they're so far away from you right now. These prayer, kind of prayers can be used for any kind of big request, but I'm going to apply it to praying for your friends. You're praying for your friends, and, and maybe you've been praying for a long time, or you've been praying for your son or your daughter or your mom or your dad, and it, it's, it's hard to believe that they're going to turn towards the Lord. In that case, what can you believe God for? Could you pray for an opportunity to have a significant conversation with that person. Not necessarily where you present the gospel, but where you talk about the real things of life. Could you, could you believe God that he would provide a way for you to have a significant conversation with that person? Can you believe God that maybe if you invited them to church, they would come? Or attend something that has a spiritual connection. Could you believe God that, well, God, would you bring somebody who knows you and whom they respect across their path? Could you believe God for that? So you're praying for prayers that you can believe God for that is takes them one step towards him. So yeah, Lord, I'm praying that they come to know you, but Lord, that, that prayer seems so big, so I'm praying just for the next step. Lord, would you do the next step? Step prayer is what you can believe God for and to take one step closer to Jesus. One of my favorite stories from church history is about a, a woman named Monica. She was raised by Christian parents in North Africa, and, and when she was old enough, her parents arranged a marriage to a pagan man. Evidently, the marriage was a difficult one because they were spiritually divided. Monica and her husband had three children who survived. Two of them followed Christ, and their son left the faith in early childhood. By his own admission, he chose the path of worldly pleasure. For many years, he lived with a mistress and then gave birth to a son out of wedlock. He broke his mother's heart by joining a religious cult. 
Monica prayed for 17 years that her son would return to Christ and to the church. Looking back, her, her son said that, that she wanted, watered the earth with her tears for him. Um, she fasted, she prayed, she asked God to save her son again and again. One day she went to see the bishop and with tears asked why her son was still living in sin. Bishop replied with words that have become famous in church history. It is not possible that the son of so many tears should perish. Your son will be saved. You know he was right. 17 years. Took several more years of fervent praying for Monica's son to come to Christ. His name is Augustine. Some of you will know him as St. Augustine. He's universally regarded as one of the greatest thinkers in Christian history. Sixteen uh, centuries later, uh, his books are still being read. She would not give up, and eventually God answered her prayers. Will you pray for people to come to know the Lord? Your friends, your neighbors. Pick three, pray. It's amazing what God will do. Lord Jesus, it seems so little, but it is so much when we consistently ask you to move in the hearts and lives of the people we know. So Lord, we do that. Lord, prompt us to pray. Encourage us to pray. Help us to remember to pray. Lord, I ask that you would uh, do some amazing things because we pray. Lord, I ask this in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page. Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.